All right, if you guys can uh, get your 2022 vision, goals, and battle plan uh, somewhat available. Uh, if you didn't get one on the way in, there's a few more on the connection cart. We don't have lift notes this morning because I didn't want to overwhelm you with too many uh, party favors. So we'll focus on really uh, kind of the take-home application that we'll get to in a minute. But for now, we're going to be jumping around a few places in Scripture so you can get your Bibles out or they will pop up on the screen. I encourage you to, to uh, do maybe take some notes there on that, that vision and battle plan about some things that pop out. I've been excited about this for two months um, because really it's, well, there's nothing more important to us than the sense that God is with us. That God is here, he's talking, he's moving, he's alive, he's personal, powerful, and present. It's not just ideas. This is not beliefs that are just abstract ideas that, that, that are disconnected from a living relationship with God that's personal, powerful, uh, and present with us and overwhelmingly good. And so a couple months back when we were already praying, and I say we, me and my wife and I, praying about the season coming ahead for this 2022, the theme, what is God doing? What's that sense for our whole church family uh, it was a, it's just, it's so cool how God speaks. <laughs> I mean, Jesus said he would. He said, my sheep hear my voice. I call them by name. That's how personal he is. I call my sheep by name. This is Matthew 10. And they hear my voice and they, I call them out and lead them. Man, that is, if you actually think through what he's saying there, God is so personal. Not only does he know your name, but you know that he knows your name because you hear him call your name. And you hear his voice and he says, come on, this is what I've got next for you. And so we do that individually in all of our lives. We do that corporately. And we felt very strong that it was interesting as we got into the Christmas season and the Christmas theme, which we had never done before, that prophetic passage in Isaiah that shares the names of God, we had never done that in 15 years of full-time ministry. For whatever reason, that had never been our Christmas theme, but we felt like the Lord led it there very clearly. And little did we know that he had the next year, the 2022, the whole theme right there embedded in it. So I want to read it, and we'll go from there. Verse We'll go six and seven in chapter nine of Isaiah, where we spent Christmas and now the new year. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given. The government shall be on his shoulder, and his name, or names, shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. That was Christmas. And now here's the new year. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. And the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. So the word that stuck out was increase. 
It's like when you're reading the word sometimes and you know the Holy Spirit is like a laser between your mind and your heart and your spirit. He's like there, right there. I'm calling your name. I'm speaking to you. And in this case, it was for the church family, Elevation Church family, 2022. Here you go. Increase. And so we were stewarding that like, like Mary for a couple of months, pondering it in our heart, wondering about it, excited about it, praying on it. What exactly does that look like, God? And then this morning, as we were praying as a group here, about, I don't know, eight or nine of us early, the worship team, the media folks, a couple of the, our youth were here serving and putting up chairs and Khalid closes our prayer and has not heard a word about this. And he closes his prayer with just repeating, God, increase, God, increase, God, increase. And it was beautiful because it was just one of those confirmations that it's like, amen. Your spirit has aligned us, Lord, and confirmed to me without even talking to him about it, that is on your heart this morning for our people. So the word we believe that God's wanting us to meditate on, to soak in, to receive, is that the increase of his kingdom in your life knows no end. There is no limit. There is no place God wants to stop and say, oh, that's too much goodness for you. You're done. Of the increase of his government, there will be no end. So I like to paraphrase that, of the increase of his kingdom reign in my life, there are no limits. There's no place God wants to stop. Now I know that's a paraphrase. So now I'm gonna spend the next 15 minutes proving to you why you can own it as gospel truth. We're gonna walk through some of these phrases here. Because sometimes, inappropriately, we, you know, we need to make sure we're looking at the big picture, not just being myopic. So the big picture is about, this is about the Messiah coming to earth and God's plan of the government resting on his shoulders and it increasing and increasing throughout the earth. As another prophetic passage in the Old Testament says that the glory of the Lord will fill the earth like the waters cover the sea. So God has plans for the entire planet. <laughs> Culminating in Revelation that we talked about a little bit last week at the very beginning of our service, which most of you were here for but you missed a good word <laughs> if you weren't. There is this picture in Revelation, every tongue, tribe, and nation around the throne worshiping, and he shelters us with his presence. And he's wanting to do that right now. But that's this big global church, global kingdom expansion that's on the heart of God, on the heart of Jesus, every tongue, tribe, and nation around the throne. His salvation, his transformation, his kingdom reigning throughout the earth. So that's very big. And sometimes it can be like, well, do I fit into that? Or does God just have kind of these worldwide plans? And I am here to, in a sense, try to convince you from God's word, it's both and always. God does have plans for the whole world, but that doesn't mean that you personally don't matter. It's the furthest from the truth. That's what, why I opened up with Matthew 10 where when Jesus talks about the kingdom expanding and what it's like, part of it he describes is he says that my sheep hear my voice, I call them by name. That's about as personal as you can get. The God of the universe, knowing your name, calling you by name and speaking to you personal things that he's doing, saying, come on, this is what's next. So I think I proved it, actually, so I'm done. Let's pray. <laughs> so I, I wanna kind of go to the both and here. 
and, and dig into Scripture a little bit. Because we all need anchors in our life of true hope. I mean, whew, does the world not need that? Do we not need that? I mean, there's people, I, it, this new year was kind of interesting. It's like, you know, I got a lot of friends and connections out in the community and serving with the city and stuff. And it's like, I, it's, I've said this before, but it's like, wow, I, I just feel awkward in the contrast in some ways where people just, the hope levels are like, just not there. And I'm not trying to put anybody down at all. Like, you know, but the grace of God, there we would all be. And, but it's sad to hear people not hopeful about 2022 based on all oh, the last couple of years. What's going to change? The world's just been awful. It's been horrible. I've been isolated, lonely, depressed. Things aren't going well. And, and it's a weird feeling. It's like, how do I manage that, Lord? Because, because of your goodness, not because of my goodness, because of your goodness, I don't resonate with that at all. Life's hard. I'm not joking. Like, I'm not trying to be like make little of the fact that life can be hard. And like our family's got challenges. Like my wife has missed church for a month because she's been physically suffering. That's real. But we're at home and we're worshiping. It does like we are. Like it's hard, but our hope levels are up here. Our joy levels are up here. Our love levels are up here. Our confidence that this word of God that says, I wanna increase my kingdom in your life in every, every area of your life, including your physical health, that hasn't, been, that hasn't even wavered. And, and the last couple of years, as we've seen in this church, like the, the general reality is we're thriving. We're thriving. Not to say there aren't challenges. There's real. They're, they are real. And there's things that are hard. Challenges come. They hit you. But God's desire when you come under the shelter of his presence is that you thrive. And the outside circumstances do not dictate your reality they don't dictate your fruit. They don't dictate your hope levels. They don't dictate the kind of life that you live. And, and so this word here matters because it's like, and, and, and if you're at the place where it sounds like, man, well, I want to, my hope levels are here. I want to grab onto some good anchors. Then amen, this is for you. This is God's heart, his will, his word for you. But all of us are going to face those battles. So we all need to in a fresh way, from time to time, grab onto the real anchors that exist in our life for real hope, not just like pretend positivity that gets you know, blown out when things actually get hard. I'm talking about true anchors, real hope, so that like the Psalm 1 person is, the one who trusts in the Lord and meditates on his word day and night. His promises is like a tree planted by the river who bears good fruit, who bears good fruit in all seasons and in their leaves never wither. That's the kind of people we want to be. It's not our strength. That's because simply putting deep roots into the living water so that you become a miraculous tree and that you, you get the fruit, he gets the glory. It's, it's a good deal. So let's, let's get into God's word here a little bit. I do want to just encourage us that you can tank, take to the bank the promise that the increase of his kingdom reign, there will be no end. Of the increase of his kingdom reign, there will be no end. That is a promise of what God is desiring to do in the world at large, yes, but also what he wants to do in your life 
personally right now in 2022? So let's look at a few reasons here, digging into God's word. Mark 1, 14 to 15. We'll tie together the prophecy of this coming Messiah, this ruler, this king that will reign, that will have a government that will not stop increasing. Let's tie it together with the words of Jesus in Mark 1, 14 and 15, the fulfillment of this prophecy. It says, after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel, the good news of God, or God's gospel, God's good news, saying, the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand. So repent and believe in the gospel. So this Mark 1.15 summary of the gospel where Jesus says the time has been fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand. And that's a spatial term. It's like right here within reach. Ooh, like right here, almost fell off the edge. It's right here. It's at foot. It's at hand. Grab it. And he is not a mean God who says it's right here. Oh, no, sucker, you can't have it. The point is, you can have it. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God can be yours. Respond well, repent, and believe. We'll get more into that in a minute. But the point is, that kingdom that Jesus speaks of is the fulfillment of exactly this prophetic passage, Isaiah chapter 9, where it says, a child will be born, a son will be given, the government shall be on his shoulders. Of the increase of his government, there will be no end on the throne of David and over this kingdom to establish it, to uphold it, with justice and righteousness from this time forevermore. From this time forevermore. So this is a prophetic passage looking forward to a Messiah who will be born and he will have a kingdom reign. And Jesus says, that's me. I'm here. I'm the good news. The kingdom has come. It is at hand. Grab it. The invitation is, Will you let me reign in your life? Now, that might not be exactly what all the first century Jews were expecting of the Messiah. And there's reasons, understandably, that, oh, it's just a political Messiah going to take over, kick out the Romans, and, you know, be, literally sit on David's throne as king. And Jesus had to do a lot of work to say, no, 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 it's actually much bigger than that. It's for the whole world. It's so that every tongue, tribe, and nation can be around the throne in heaven where I will be sitting. And the invitation is, will you let me reign now? Because I can bring more of my kingdom of heaven to bear on your life in ways that you don't even know are possible to transform your current reality in every sphere of life. So that kingdom that is spoken of in Isaiah 9 is Jesus' kingdom. And we move on from there, and we can be confident that the time that was spoken of in Isaiah, is fulfilled in Jesus. Listen to this in Isaiah where it says, of the increase of his government, this is Jesus' government, his reign, and of his peace, there will be no end on the throne of David over his kingdom to establish it, to uphold it with justice and righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. So from the time that the child is born, 
from this time forth, that kingdom is going to be established and its reign will increase. That's what it says. And Jesus says in Mark 1, very importantly, 115, the time has come. Or more accurately, the time, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom is here. It's at hand. It's within reach. I'm bringing it. I am it. I'm embodying it. I'm offering it. Do you want it? The time has come for the kingdom to begin. And at Jesus, it was established and inaugurated on earth in a way that up hitherto, you know, that time, up until that time, it had never touched earth before. That's the gospel, Jesus says. And now he invites each and every one of us in a personal way to receive that kingdom, to grab hold of that kingdom, to grab hold of that possibility of heaven that is at hand to transform every aspect of our current reality. The time is now. That's the invitation that's been there for 2,000 years. The time is now for you to encounter more of the kingdom of God. It's right here within reach. Repent and believe. And so for 2,000 years, for those who have said yes, and for those who have responded with repentance and belief, and to the degree and measure, and we'll get to that in a minute, they say, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Not, no thanks, I'm done, Lord. Or cool, I got my ticket to heaven, that's all for now, I'm gonna go on, go on about my business. Or yes, Lord, in this area of my life, but no thanks, that area of my life, don't touch it. Or that area of my life, I got it on my own strength. Or I'd rather live for my glory in this area. To those who say over and over, this is the life of discipleship, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, more, Lord. More, Lord, the kingdom and its expansion in your life does not need to have an end. Show me where Jesus says, nope, that's too much for you. You can't find it. You just find these open-ended promises of the increase of his kingdom as you say, yes, yes, yes here, yes here, yes here. Please, Lord, I need you here. I need you there. The time has come. And this whole thing is incredibly personal. The rule of his government, the rule and reign of this Messiah, of his government, of the increase of his government throughout the earth is and always will be rooted in personal relationship with people. God's idea is not to transform the world by being a tyrannical dictator where you are forced to do things whether you like it or not. The, the, the increase of his government is an invitation, as Jesus said, into repentance and belief where you let him be king. You say yes, you enter into relationship. You see the invitation for more of the kingdom of God, but you know what that means? Dying to yourself so that he can reign as king. It's an invitation into relationship. That is very personal. And the more that people collectively, we have individuals, families, churches, nations that would say yes to Jesus, then his reign increases throughout the earth. But it's not a top-down tyranny. It's an invitation to every single individual on the planet, a personal invitation. And you can even see it in this prophetic passage. Before it gets to this glorious truth, about how the increase of his government will know no end, 
think about how it describes this Messiah. It's incredibly personal. The names of God, which that right there, we've talked about for the last month. To, to know someone's name is to be invited into intimate relationship. Not, not as much anymore. In that culture, that's why Moses said when he's having this revelation of God at the burning bush, what is your name? Because your name is everything. If you know their name, they've invited you into intimate space, personal relationship, and you know their character. They reveal their character to you. And that's exactly what God wants to do in this prophetic passage. He says, there's a Messiah coming. He's gonna reign. Of the increase of his government, there will be no end. So that, okay, that sounds pretty like Messiah-like. And by the way, he wants you to know his name. Here are his names. Here is the nature of God that the Messiah is going to reveal. Here is how God wants to be known intimately by you. We spent a month looking at that. The Prince of Peace, the one who reconciles each and every one of us personally to God. He brings us peace with God. Jesus models that, right? Yes is the answer. He brings us peace with God individually. You've got to make that choice. No one can make it for you. It is personal. Do you have peace with God? Are you reconciled to God? That is through your faith in Jesus Christ. Either you are or you aren't. That's a personal decision between you and God alone. But the Prince of Peace is knocking at your door, calling your name. Not the person next to you, not your family member, not your father, your mother, someone you look up to, he's calling your name and knocking. He's calling you by name. Do you trust in me, he's saying, to reconcile you to God? Or you, do got, you got some other good plan? That's very personal. Or ever, everlasting father? I mean, now we're getting intimate. Now we're getting vulnerable. The fact that the God of the universe wants to be known as an everlasting father. And if you look at Jesus revealing as the Messiah, the heart of God, he did so much work around this, having to destroy lie after lie that people believed about God, that he wasn't a good father. And we spent that whole, a whole message unpacking, and it's worth way more than one message, the reality that God is perfectly good and beyond what we even know currently, way beyond what we've experienced so far. And that's not meant to put anybody down. It's meant to make us like a child with wonder, excited about the future in the opportunity we get to know this God who Jesus compared to parents, right? And said, any sliver of goodness that you have as earthly parents in that impetus that we all have of, of goodness, towards children who want to take care of them and provide for them and be good to them and love, for, love them. And unless you're you know, really a hurting and wounded person, then you have a very natural inclination to take care of kids. And Jesus says, yeah, God is like that, except way, way, way beyond what you can even imagine better as a father. He 
good, he loves to give good gifts. You tell me that's not personal? It's about as personal and intimate as it gets. Vulnerable. And the Messiah is meant by God's design to reveal that personal nature of God to you. So when you start looking at the increase of his government, you don't know. Now you don't like, well, throw, about, throw away that good father thing and increase. Oh, yeah, he's just going to like a you know, tyrant take over the earth. He's going to take over the earth as a good father. That goes person to person saying, can I call you by name? Will you hear my voice? Will you let me lead you? goes on to mighty God, the hero, the heroic champion, the warrior, the one who fights for you, not against you. That's that word mighty God. Oh my gosh, so rich. And the passage about the increase of his government finishes kind of circling back to mighty God in a way where it says, it is the zeal of the Lord of hosts who will accomplish this. So if you put your life in that promise of, of the increase of his government, there will be no end. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. What does that mean? There's lots of layers of like biblical translation. The Lord of hosts is talking about armies, the Lord of armies, angel armies, the God of angel armies. So this is the picture of that mighty God, that warrior, that heroic champion. And he's saying, God has got his battle suit on, his armor, and he is fired up with zeal to fight for you to see the kingdom of God increase in your life. And so that's, that is part of how we, we can believe the promise that it is God's will that of the increase of his reign in your life, meaning more of heaven on earth, heaven transforming your broken reality, how do I know that's true? Because God is fired up like a warrior to make it happen. These are the kind of things we need to know about the heart of God. This isn't just, you know, a, a pretend positivity. You know, this isn't just like a little Hallmark card that has no roots. And, and, and you know, apologize for those who love Hallmark movies. They, they may have a little bit of gospel truth in them. <laughs> Dad. <laughs> There's deep roots. There's deep roots here. This is not just empty positivity. Deep roots. God wants us to root our hope in his nature. We don't just say, oh, of the increase of his government because we're just like, oh, yeah, you know, positivity, better, better, better. What are the roots of that? The roots of that are in the very nature of God. He puts that promise right after listing his names and how you want, how he wants you to know him personally. He finishes off with wonderful counselor, which is a, a like a, a uh, wow, I lost everything I was trying to say. A, forte, a foreshadowing, thank you. That was the eighth grade English word that was gone from my vocabulary. A foreshadowing of the Holy Spirit, the wonderful counselor. Jesus talks about the wonderful counselor. He uses that phrase, the counselor, the paraclete, the helper. Who will come and he, listen, you talk about personal. Oh, it's like, no, God can't be personal. I'm, you know what, the, the problem that I get upset about with Christians, oh, it's just about what God is going to do out there in the world. The, you know, it's like, well, it's not about me. It's not what, it's too, that's too self-focused, self-centered. And, and, and 
you're living under a lie of the enemy. You don't know your value in God's eyes. That's like one of my kids sitting in the corner being like, oh, no, I don't need dinner tonight, Dad and Mom. Like, no, 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 I don't need dinner. There's other kids that are important. Like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm not worth, Shh, what? If you, if you are genuinely saying that, then, child, you don't know your value. We work all day to feed you because we love you. It's our joy to take care of you. It's our joy to see you thrive. And you quabbling in the corner with some little pseudo humility saying, oh no, not me, them. You don't know what you're worth. So step up, child. I want to feed you. Because guess what? I got plenty to go around. I can take care of them and you. But guess what? You matter to me. Yeah, that's good news. Like, we got to believe that. So this is what Jesus said about that. When we talked about the wonderful counselor, he said that the Holy Spirit will come and live in you. I mean, how personal can you get? He, in fact, went on to say that my Father and I and the Holy Spirit, for those who trust in me, we will make our home in you. You. Not everyone. You, when you trust in me. So there it is. He's not the tyrannical leader that's just gonna force everyone. He's gonna offer it to all, but it's to those who receive. That's very, very personal. That Jesus says, the God of the universe will make his home in you so that you can hear him talk to you. You can hear him call you by name. And when he says, come on out, come on out of that sheep pen, you can trust him because he's basically saying, here's what I've got for you next. And he's talking to you about the increase of his kingdom in your life. And I'm utterly convinced that this is absolutely the nature of God and how God has designed to see his kingdom spread to every tongue, tribe, and nation and have his glory fill the earth like the waters cover the sea. Because if it wasn't this way, then it wouldn't be authentic. If it didn't start with you and didn't start with me, then it wouldn't be authentic. It wouldn't be about real relationship. He wants to do, he wants to transform you so that you can be a conduit to transform the world. It's the both and. So yes, God's got his eyes way out there, but for you, from your perspective, how you have to think is, but for me, his eyes start right here. He wants to do in me what will become a light to the world. But he cares about me. He wants to start it in me. For all those reasons just mentioned. Because he is that Prince of Peace that went to the cross for you to reconcile you to God. And he is that everlasting father who says, I love to give good gifts to those who ask. Who says in Luke 12, 32, one of my favorites of all time, where Jesus says, fear not, little flock. You have a father in heaven. It's his good pleasure. It's his good pleasure. Makes God happy to give you his kingdom. Or you have the mighty God who fights on your behalf. He's fighting for you, not against you. He's fired up with zeal like a warrior, to say, I want to see my kingdom increase in their life. And it gets ridiculously personal with the Holy Spirit in, in us, with us, around us, the God of the universe, who 
who calls us by name each and every step of the way. You couldn't be more personal when you put all those things together. He wants to see his kingdom increase in you. And he'll take it from there as far as what that means for the rest of the world. So with all our hearts, in the midst of the challenges of life, we absolutely, truly believe that in the midst of chaos, in the midst of challenges we face, we can step into 2022 believing that God wants to see his kingdom increase in us in ways that we really believe are, are too good to be true. That's what Paul says, above and beyond what you could ask or even imagine. Meaning like, God wants to continue to shock us with how good he is. It's too good to be true. It's above and beyond what I could ask or imagine. And he wants you to say it's based on his nature, his character, his goodness. You can take it to the bank that it's a promise from him. He wants to see his kingdom increase in your life this year. You can be sure of it. Absolutely sure of it. And so to respond to that, we're going to take this slow. We're not going to do a whole, um, we're going to be pretty much done today. We're going to take the next couple weeks really digging into how do we respond well. But for those who are new with us, we want to invite you today. We're starting a three-week fast that is a way of responding to all of this good news. It's a way of responding to the promise that of the increase of his kingdom in your life, there is no end. And so we, we want to respond with a childlike wonder, hope. What does that look like in 2022, God? What are, the, what are some of those things that you want to do in my life to see your kingdom increase in me and then through me? And so we're going to spend three weeks focusing on that. We call it fasting and feasting. We encourage and challenge everybody to fast from something. We really don't put a ton of emphasis on this because we really like to emphasize the feasting. What are the ways that we are intentionally increasing our seeking of God and seeking of his presence and his promises for 2022? But there is a point, there's a, there's a part of it that's good to even sometimes kind of awaken our attention awaken the reality of how much we need God that sometimes in this world of so many distractions and pleasures and opportunities, we can, we can numb ourselves to death to just not feel what we should feel, which is a desperate need for his presence and his promises. But this world offers every single day to fill us up on spiritual checks mix, if you will, those are the little weak appetizers at a, at a lame party when the prime rib of his presence is coming, which is what David said in Psalm 61. I feast on the marrow and fatness of your presence. It's only prime rib for David. Don't waste your time with checks Mix. But that's the life we live in. There's a lot of opportunities every day to just, just distract ourselves, numb ourselves just enough to not feel that emptiness, that loneliness, that hunger, that cry, that fear. And so we, we, we take a challenge and say, hey, in this first three years, or three years, <laughs> first three years, the next three years of your life, uh, no food. No, just kidding. What's, and we ask, we don't 
prescribe anything. We just say, hey, why, pray about it. If, something put, if the Lord puts something on your heart to set aside for three weeks. For me, I love setting aside social media, news, sugar. I don't love that part, actually. That one's hard. The other ones I love. <laughs> you do something for you that just kind of awakens you to that awareness of, no, you know what? I want to seek the bread of life. And then you really put your emphasis on the feasting. What are those ways to increase that time with God? And this is the primary thing that we like to show people, encourage you. This is that 2022 vision, goals, and battle plan. Where don't rush it. We encourage you, take the next three weeks and get in God's word in those times that you're setting aside, those ways of increasing times with God, take time to pray on these, these questions. These are areas of life that all of us, I'm guessing, are going to have a holy desire to see increase of his kingdom. And there are things that are that, that God's word makes clear all throughout that God cares about, so you can pretty much bank on it it's God's will to see an increase of his kingdom in your life in these areas. And so you take some time. Don't rush it. Get in God's word. Talk about it with friends. Talk about it with family. And pray on God. What, what is a, true, a, a truth from your heart, from your word, from your will, a promise that lines up with a, a cry of my heart, an ache, a dream, a desire to see your kingdom reign in increasing measure? in my family, in my marriage, with my kids, at my work, in an area of ministry I serve, in an area of influence you've given me, in a certain temptation that I'm facing, in what feels to me like a mountain of challenge that is just laughing at me because it won't move and it's hard. Uh, what about my personal just walking with you every day, God? That intimacy with you that awareness of your presence, that reality that so many of the saints have that testimony, which is better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. Your love is better than life. Everything else is rubbish considered knowing you, God. I want to know you in that way. There's always more of that. So this is a battle plan between you and God where we encourage you to take the next few weeks and do that work with God. Maybe just maybe one every couple days, maybe a couple, you know, two or three a week over the next three weeks. There's like nine total around some categories of knowing God more, life-giving relationships, serving others to advance God's mission, some good kingdom-minded goals, visions, dreams. So we encourage you to spend some time feasting on promises. And the idea is you come out of that feast come out of this three-week fasting and feasting, and you are fired up with clear vision for the year where you are trusting in promises that are based on the nature of God for increase of his kingdom and in your life. And then you keep it in your Bible, and you pray on it, and you return to it, and, you, and there's a whole thing in here about who, who's your team because the Bible says don't do it alone. There's community. But not, not the, same, the team will not be the same for everyone. Like one might be your spouse, one might be a brother or sister, one might be your whole life group. Who knows? But you take those people and you pray and you share with them and you support each other and then you celebrate when there's a breakthrough. And I just looked at mine from last year, 2021. 
that kept in my Bible the whole year, referred back to it from time to time, and I can honestly look back and I can genuinely just praise God, increase, praise God, increase, praise God, a little bit of increase. Would have liked a little more. Praise God, <laughs> increase. Uh, no increase at all, and why not? Oh, I didn't follow through and do anything of what I had committed to. So I wonder why there was an increase. It's true, 100%. But you start to do this year after year, and then you start to live with an absolute confident hope that his will for your life each and every year is the increase of his kingdom. There's never a year when that's not his will. Because we're living in the time of the Messiah has come and he has said the kingdom of God is at hand. It's at hand. That's that open-ended of the increase of my government. There is no end. The kingdom of God is at hand. He didn't say until you reach a certain limit of joy in your life, then that's it for you. A certain limit of, oh, you've been blessed. Well, that's it. You're done. Now it's time for some other people. A certain limit of, you can only experience so much of me and then... You're capped out and tapped out until heaven. No, the kingdom of God. He just said all of heaven is at hand. For the rest of your life, that's a promise. The increase of his government needs to know no end. Just keep walking with him. He's always got more. Let's pray along those lines. I was singing